Hello and welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by a guest who you're going to love, who's already showing this season that her plan is definitely working. She came from one of the most successful programs in D1 softball and is now leading a perennial program of her own. She's a four-time national champion, four-time member of the coaching staff of the year, and has been regarded as one of the premier pitching coaches in the nation. In the couple of weeks' time span between when this was recorded and when it's airing today, her team is already proving to be bought in as one of the few remaining unbeaten ranked teams in D1. If you enjoy this episode and want more ideas like this, we've got you covered. Whether you're looking for a quick win to boost your team's buy-in or want to go all in and battle any culture killers, we've got something for you. Just head to mentalsweetspot.com to learn more. So are you ready for this amazing guest? Without further ado, please welcome University of Oregon's head coach, Melissa Lombardi. Welcome, coach. Hi, Melanie. How are you? Doing really well. Super excited for this combo. Good. I am too. All right, let's jump in with this team right now. So after a year in, you're on team two under the Lombardi reign. How would you describe this team's culture in three words or less? Three words or less, I would say this team's culture is united. Culture has resiliency and they're very gritty. Ah, three of my favorite words. All right. Well, how are some ways that you work that culture into your everyday life? How do you practice it? And how do they show up in a way that's united and resilient and gritty? Well, I think one thing that's important is at the beginning of the year, the beginning of the year, um, this coaching staff, we, we took this team on a retreat and we went to a place called Tree to Tree where you get to basically uh, zip line from different trees and walk across planks and it's uncomfortable. And then from there we went to the coast and did some, some bonding as a team. And I felt like that weekend for us as a group, it gave us all an opportunity for us as a staff to give them our vision and for our vision to become their vision. Ooh, that's an excellent point. I actually just had this conversation with someone recently about like, okay, I'm trying to come up with my team slogan for the year and how do I get the kids to buy in? This is not Mm -hmm. getting them just to buy into what we believe. It's getting them to see it through their own eyes. How do you do that with your girls? I think just that weekend really started off for us. We did a bunch of different things that weekend. Um, but at the end, we all basically sat around a campfire and we started talking about different things, um, whether it was school, whether it was practice, um, just different areas and how we felt as a team, we wanted to go about those um, areas in the fall and what it would do for us in the spring. And I felt like just every giving them a voice versus us just saying, look, this is what we're going to do, but more of giving them a blueprint and then allowing them to add to that blueprint allows the vision to become, you know, all of our visions for us to all be on board and, and really want to now come back to Eugene, get into practice, get into school, um, you know, get into the weight room and understand what it is that we're uniting for. Oh, that's awesome. What are the, some of the things that really went well in the fall that you guys are carrying into spring now? I think one, you know, um, that was good. It's just we we had 10, basically half our team was returners and half our team, uh, they were new. 
So either a newcomer or they're a freshman. And I think just coming off that retreat, it, it put everybody on equal ground and allowed us to get into practice and not so much feel like there was a pecking order, but that they could come into practice. And anytime we had things as a team, that each person could come in and really be who they were. And I feel like them being able to be themselves allowed them to relax at practice and, and really get the agenda that we had for that day um, to nail it and to go in the weight room and, and have the opportunity to get stronger because they are accepting of each other. They're very encouraging of each other. And again, we're all understanding what we're fighting for together. So you could see us get stronger in the weight room, which from there our ball was flying off our bats a lot further um, out on the field. So different things correlating that was neat to see in the fall. I love that about fall. It's really, I feel like you get to really dig down into like their core and really, especially with all the work they do in the weight room, because you really can't do all that much in the spring. Otherwise they'll be shot for games. You're not able to continue to build. We're trying to maintain, stay healthy and, and continue, you know, and then you're going into the next weekend. So Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So what are these things that you guys are shooting for this year? And what do you think is really going to carry you as far as you want to go? Well, one thing I'm real excited about is just our depth. If you look in all areas this year, we have so much depth. You know, we have a pitching, a strong pitching staff this year. Um, our infield, all of our infield is returning except for one from last year. Uh, Haley Cruz is a senior for us and has been a tremendous leader for us. You look at her leadership um, and how it's grown from her junior year to senior year. So I think we just have different areas where we have depth um, every day going into practice. You have that friendly competition. So they're making each other better, uh, which is going to just really allow us to do some cool things in the spring. Ah, that's like music to a coach's ears is depth. <laughs> but in yeah, all honesty, definitely. once, right. But once the lineups get made, there are nine slash 10 on the field at a time. How do you keep mm -hmm. that unity and keep everyone working for each other when not everyone is making that direct impact on the field? Well, and I think that's something that I, I think whether you're on the field or not, you, you do have an impact in the game. And I think it's important that they all understand that. Obviously, if you're physically in the game, you know, there's, you have some different opportunities that somebody's not, but I think it's important um, we talk a lot about right now they're fighting for their spots and I think it's important that on game day you you need to accept and be the best in your role and whatever role that is whether you're starting or whether you're coming in relief or whatever the case may be any other day you can work hard to change it so I think as long as they understand that right now it's wide open let's see who can who's going to do what but you know as the year starts to shape, you know, roles start to shape as well. And I think it's important that if, if you're on a team that you need to be accepting of your role and you need to give everything you've got in your role, but still have the opportunity to change it. Absolutely. And that's what I think is so magical about the term grit because grit, the actual definition is it's not about it being fun. It's the grind, right? <laughs> grind isn't necessarily yeah. a positive word. <laughs> 
Definitely. And you're not going to always get what you want. So what I'm excited to see is if, you know, what are you going to do to change it? Exactly. What are some things that you've seen in the past, or maybe you're starting to see with the girls now that shows you that they will take on whatever role is given to them on that particular day. And they'll really push to give everything they can for the team. What are some signs that you see it's going to work out that way? I think anytime you see them as individuals putting the team before themselves, you know, um, even in a game, you know, everybody wants to get up and hit, but if I'm that person that drops the bunt down the move runners over for there, I'm being selfless and I want to um, do whatever's going to be the best thing for the team. So I think in the fall um, and even now, I think our message to them is what are you all as a group going to do to unite, you know, to come together. And I think when they know how to put the team first, it makes that a lot easier. Because you stop, you start worrying about yourself. You start worrying more about the team and what the team needs and how you can be there to give the team your very best. Which ironically typically makes you perform better. <laughs> yes, definitely. You stop worrying about yourself and then all of a sudden things start to fall in place for you. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you as coaches encourage that type of selflessness? Um, you know, I think which is different drills that we do at practice, but also too, lots of times we'll, um, we'll take a second and maybe we'll take a, a peek into another program. I mean, like right now, if you look at our, our women's basketball team right now and what they're doing, talk about putting the team before yourself. I think anytime you can give them different examples, um, you know, of what other teams are doing and how they're going about it, I think that always tends to go a long way. And we're all huge, huge fans of our women's basketball team and Coach Graves and what what they're, you know, the mission that they're on right now. Oh, I love that. And I love getting perspective from a different sport too, because it takes you out of all the overanalyzing for the things we're used to in softball. And then you can see it in its pure form. Can you tell a little bit more about what the women's team is doing right now for those who don't know? Yeah, they're just there, you know, last year they got to the final four and they fell a little short and they basically had everybody returning this year. They lost a couple seniors. Um, I think everybody's pretty familiar with Sabrina Inescu and what an unbelievable player, teammate that she is. And, um, you know, they're on a mission right now. They're right in the middle of the pack and uh, have had a great year. And I know that they're, they have unfinished business from last year. So to, for us to get that inside view of what they're doing, I think it's, it, um, really gives a lot of a lot of good feedback, a lot of great things that come our way to be on the same campus and see how they're going about their season. Absolutely. Can you see your girls starting to pick up some of that feeling and some of that vibe? Yeah, they're they're ready. They are tired of practicing. <laughs> they <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Get me on the field and then it's nonstop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're we're there. We're, we've got a couple of things left that we need to finish, but for the most part, we're, we're right about where we need to be. And I know we're all excited to open up in Mexico and, and to get this year started. Oh, I can't wait to watch you guys. This is my favorite time of year too. <laughs> so, as we all know, we, things happen in season. So you feel like you're where you're supposed to be right now. So check that off. What are some things that you are kind of anticipating? What are the mental game challenges? What are the 
tough opponents yeah. and other things you're going to come up against that you're preparing for now that you think having this culture of resilience will help? I, you know, I think we've got a tough schedule. Uh, we've got a tough preseason schedule. The pack is ridiculous. You know, it's, yeah. it's a crazy schedule. Uh, so I think for this group, being able to know that we're going to have some highs and lows throughout this year. But to me, if this group is united and um, they know how to put this team ahead of themselves, well, then when we have those lows, I think it's easier. We'll be able to get, get out of those lows quicker. And then on the other side of it, you know, not get too high with things, you know, be, be excited for things that we're getting accomplished and really get caught up with what's in front of us. Um, you know, not getting caught up in what's ahead or, or what just happened. If, I think if this group can really stay present with what they're doing, um, I think it's, they're going to be a great, a fun group to watch. Yeah, and that's a challenge with such a compact season. You guys play so many games mm -hmm. in such a short period of time. What are some ways that you guys as coaches, whether it's a post-game talk or at practice the following day or maybe just in a simple text to the team but on your one day off, what are some things you do to help them get out of the lows and refocus for what's next? I think one thing is for us as coaches, you know, one thing that we talk about um, with our athletes that we want them to have with each other, but I think it's important for us to have as well is to have deep relationships. You know, I don't want to know just what each athlete does on the field and what kind of athlete they are on the field. I want to know who they are as people and off the field. And I know how, you know, what type of athletes they are, but I want to, I want to know what are other things that they do. Um, I feel like the more that we can connect with them and, and have a great understanding of each one of them, then it's easier to help when some of those lows come because they, they all function differently and handle, you know, stress and handle things differently. So to me, those deep relationships are really, really important. And that's something that we put at the forefront um, you know, we encourage them to have relationships with each other, but it's, we need to do the same thing as coaches. So we, we put a lot of time. We, as a team, um, as a group, we've all put a lot of time into each other. What are some tips you have for other coaches to build these, your kind of deep relationships, yet everyone feels like there's not enough time, right? So how can we yeah. build that while doing all the other things we have to do? Yeah, no, I, I make it a point to make sure, you know, sometimes you get into practice and you take off with practice and it's go, go, go. So I, I, I know I make an effort um, to really make sure I'm checking in with these athletes on a regular basis. Um, and when I'm checking in with them, it's not just about softball. I like to check in with them on other things. You know, lots of times we'll have a, um, we call them duck ID sessions where we'll, we'll take so much time um, in a practice and like I said, we'll possibly watch a video or there may be a picture or there, it, it could be anything, a lot of different things that we'll bring to the table. Either the coaches will bring to the table or maybe an athlete will bring to the table. And we felt like it's something that would go a long way with our team, maybe something that we're trying to get across at that time. So I think the internet is powerful. I think it really allows you to, um, relay your message to your athletes in a lot of different ways. 
So we take the time to do that and, and seeing, you know, like how our women's basketball team and the things that they're doing and what are things that we can pull from them that's going to make big differences for us. So these are things that we've done in the fall, we do in the spring uh, that we will give time for and practice uh, because we think it's important. It's gone a long way for us. Yeah, and I think we as a coaching profession are getting better at letting go of some on-field time to do some of these things, which before would have been like, no, I don't want it. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because every time we have like one of these little sessions and it could be 20, 30 minutes, we usually have a kick butt practice. Mm -hmm. So I oh. feel like it sets the tone for practice as well. Absolutely. I think to go back to are talking about like the individuals and learning each of their styles and needs. How have you found that these off field sessions and finding other ways to connect with them have helped you get to know what they need in the moment in the game? Um, I feel like it's gone a long way because I know that there's a certain one that I can be in the game extremely firm with and tell them exactly what I want and that they'll respond where another one um, I might have to go about it a little different. So, you know, to try, I think to try to coach them all the same, I, I think is difficult. I think you've got to really understand um, the athletes, the personalities that are, are on your team and how you're going to get the best out of each one of them. And I think it's going to come in all different ways. Absolutely. I found the same thing and it seems overwhelming at first. And then you realize it's, just getting to know individuals just like everyday life. So what are some things throughout your coaching career that you've found have changed as far as your coaching style or the way you approach things? And how do you feel that you've got a better grip on things now, or maybe something that surprised you? How has your coaching style changed? I think I, I, I started coaching basically right out of school under coach Gasso, who is just tremendous. I'm so thankful for my time that I had with her. So I, I feel like I have a bit of an old school in me um, from when I started out. But then I think just over time, the sport of softball athletes, you know, have changed. And um, I think, I think, you know, before, even when I played your coach, you would say, do it and they do it. And now it's like, you do it. And they're like, why? They want to know why, why are we doing it? And I, I appreciate that. I don't, I don't have any problem telling them why. So I think today's athlete, they, they want to have more knowledge versus just completing the task that's been asked of them. They want to have more information of why and how it's going to help them and, and you know, what we're, we're trying to do with it. And I'm okay with that. So I think you have to have a little more compromise with them and, and meet them in the middle uh, versus just standing on top of the hill and saying, this is what I want and you need to do it. But I think by meeting them in the middle, you get to find out more about them and how they tick and really what's going to allow them to be great again. So I think it's just, again, it goes back to those deep relationships. Not that I didn't have relationships with athletes in the past, but just really making an effort to put in that time with them and find out more than just this type of softball player they are. I think that allows at a time where if they're struggling in the game that you can go to them and make an in-game adjustment 
and they may not exactly understand it, but they trust you and they believe you. So they do it. Mm -hmm. Because you have explained why you do things and how they're going to get better. Yeah, we're definitely on the same page. And, um, you know, I think that's what's one of the toughest things to do in the game of softball is that in-game adjustment when emotions are high and you can feel the opponent is coming on you. How can, how can you adjust? And I think you've got to be able to take the emotion out and you've got to be able to, um, as an athlete, you know, listen to your coach. As a coach, you've got to be able to connect with your athlete at that, in the heat of the moment and be able to make that adjustment. I'd say from watching you throughout the years, your pitchers have been excellent at this. So if you could give coaches a tip to help deal with the in-game emotion, because it's not going to go anywhere. It's still there, (laughs) but you got to be able to handle it, not let overwhelm you. What are some things that you've done to help your girls deal with that emotion? You know, sometimes I think, I think one thing that's kind of gone a long way um, in practice, maybe, maybe we have a scrimmage coming up and uh, I have a pitcher, we have a pitcher that, we're needing something from, and sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. A couple of days prior, I'll go to her and say, look, the scrimmage is coming up and it's time for us to see where this particular pitch is or where, what, whatever it may be that we're working on at the time is. And I want to give you a heads up because I, I just want you to start preparing and thinking about it and um, to really put yourself out there. And if you can put yourself out there with what we're doing um, in that practice, then we can see where you are with it, you know. And the cool thing is that we're not trying to win a national championship in that practice, you know, because it's the fall or it's, it's, um, it's early in January. But we'll never know where you, you know, what you're capable of if you don't put yourself out there. So for some reason, I feel like anytime I've given that heads up, it's, I'm giving them permission to, for them to feel like they don't have to be perfect and maybe hold back, that I'm giving them permission to go for it. And if they don't get their, what they want, it's okay. Because even if they don't get what they want, we're still going to see where things are at. And it's going to allow us to make the adjustments, you know, on that particular thing, if it's a particular pitch or maybe certain counts that they're working and whatever it is. So I, I think that's something that's gone a long way, just giving them a little heads up of what's to come and, hey, let's do it. You're ready. You're prepared. Let's see what it looks like. That is awesome. And I can almost hear the speech to your team before the games in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I love it. Well, we're looking forward to it. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. So is there anything else you'd like to share with the coaches that listen in? as far as how to coach the mental game? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, I would tell you that I'm a student of the game, and I'm always trying to figure that out as well. But I, the mental game is huge because I think in college, everybody has the skill. There's no question. The skill level that, that is there, it's, it's them, I think, really 100% believing in themselves and lots of times just getting out of their way. I think you know, our athletes can be their own worst enemy. So when they know how to get out of their way and they trust that what they have is good enough, that's when it's pretty cool for a coach because you get to really see them 
be at their best and, you know, really get to see what they're capable of and what your team is capable of. So I know for me as a coach, it's pretty cool when that aha moment happens for them. Oh yeah. That's, that's the gold right there. And that is a wrap for today. To keep up with Coach Lombardi and her Oregon team this year, follow Coach on Twitter at Melissa Lombardi. That's M-E-L-Y-S-S-A-L-O-M-B-A-R-D-I. And catch the team at Oregon SB. Did you find this episode helpful? If so, then we'd truly appreciate if you shared it with a friend who also wants to get their players to buy in. Subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice and give us a five-star review. This helps us get the word out about our show, which allows us to bring in more fantastic guests like this so we can keep leveling up our skills in coaching the mental game and make an even bigger impact on our girls. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to me at mel at mentalsweetspot.com, shoot me a message on Twitter at Coach Mel Rushing, or join our free Facebook group, Mental Sweet Spot Coaches Club. Thank you again for joining us and have a good one.